Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone that's located in the United States and other regions around the world where it is the morning. Shalom, that means peace in Hebrew. My name is Kennard Levy Brown. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. I know that uh, you haven't heard me in quite a while, and I, I've been going through some some trials, uh, just got through finishing another program, and I quoted this uh, scripture in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, where it says that through much tribulation or problems and, and pressures that will enter the kingdom of Yah or God, and, you know, I forget that. Sometimes I forget that, but I'm hoping that by me telling you this, that you you don't forget it, and I hope I don't forget it either. But I've been going through a lot of uh, issues and, and so forth, and finding out who really does appreciate what I teach, and 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 finding out those who don't appreciate what I teach, and I've decided based on the Bible and based on what's going on and focus on things where I know people are very receptive to my message and blog talk radio. And I thank and I appreciate the audience that I do have um, on this program. I appreciate you listening to me and, and appreciating you uh, making the comments that you've made. And this program will continue until uh, I terminate, I guess, <laughs> but this, program is for everyone, is for those who understand they need to keep all the instructions and, and the commandments of God in the Bible, and for those who are struggling with that, and then also for those who are new to the Bible and I have no clue whatsoever about it. So that's what this program is, and on this program, I don't hold back. I, I'm, I'm, I can truly speak uh, my mind and not worry about somebody being offended or whatever. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, people getting upset because I'm preaching something from the Bible that they don't believe. I don't have to worry about that. And so Yah or God has shown me, Yah is short for uh, Yahweh. And Yahweh is one of uh, God's names, the Tetragrammaton, Yohevahe. And so he showed me that I need to to focus more on this program and y'all willing, I'll be doing this every week. And sometimes uh, when some, some revelation comes to my mind, I'll, I'll just do a surprise program. So 
For those who are on Facebook, uh, you'll get notifications each and every time I'm on the air. As a matter of fact, I forgot to let people know I'm on the air now. I'm about to do that now. Um, authorized blog talk. Okay. For some reason, it is not working properly here. So it's a good thing that I'm doing this now. But basically, I'm asking for you to uh, be patient and to to realize that things take time before they crystallize and it's no different with me. And so um, I'm going to continue to broadcast until I can't anymore. So that that is the uh, thing that I'm going to do here. So this program will be about love or what the Bible reveals love is. Uh, love in Hebrew is ahava. All right. And there's so many different conflicting ideas on what people think love is and it's so confusing I know to people about what uh, they think love is and is when you look at the Bible and look at what it says it's very simple ladies and gentlemen about what love is and so that's what we're going to do is reveal to you what love is today on this program and Please share this program. You can easily do that. You can send it through any of your social media uh, channels that you um, have conversations with. This program is, can be very beneficial to you and other people. You can listen to any of my over 300 different topics uh, on your your smartphone while you're jogging, while you're doing all kinds of things, while you or taking the train to work, uh, whatever. Please take advantage of it. That's what this is for. That's what this is for, to make it convenient for you to hear the word of God. And so I hope that you, you take advantage of it, and I hope that it benefits you in a mighty way. And so this scripture basically explains to you what, true ministers and there's false ministers as many as more false ministers than there are true ministers in the world ladies and gentlemen uh, Matthew 7 verse 14 says that there's only the few few that be that find uh, the truth and then Jeremiah 23 Ezekiel uh, 34 talks about the tremendous scattering of his people and there's no shepherd um, not enough shepherds really to shepherd them and feed them properly I'm one of his true shepherds and a good description of a true shepherd is the following. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 4, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version, which brings out the meaning of the text in a clearer way. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 4, it says, But we commend ourselves in every way as true servants of God. And that's why I call myself a servant of God. I'm not into titles, calling myself apostle, prophet, evangelist. Uh, the office and that word office is translated function. That's what, it, that's what it should be, your function in the assembly and the gifts of evangelism and of being a prophet and uh, apostle is, is, is a gift. And uh, when you're a shepherd or an elder, you can exhibit all of those gifts or some of those gifts. So that's the proper way of understanding that. 
uh, in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 4, it says, but we commend ourselves in every way as true servants of God or ministers of God. That's what is translated in the King James Version, through great endurance and tribulation and suffering and hardships and sore straits and calamities. All right, so let's understand something. A true servant of God, <laughs> not a false one, but a true one, goes through great suffering. And even people that are close to me seem to have a hard time understanding this. And I, I try to explain this to them, and they just don't believe what the Bible says about it. But ministers, they go through tremendous trials. Uh, Eliyahu or Elijah, didn't he go through tremendous suffering? He went through suffering so bad that he had to depend on a widow to feed him. And so uh, the characteristics of a true minister is that they are struggling. They do struggle. That's one of the criteria. In verse 5, I've been beat before in, in beatings. <laughs> and I haven't been in prison yet, but that may be coming. Uh, riots, labors, sleepless watching. Yes, I've had, I have issues with sleeping. I don't get enough sleep. Um, well, I don't hunger. <laughs> but I have hungered before. Uh, a few times. Yes, I have. Verse 6, by innocence, impurity, knowledge, and spiritual insight, long-suffering, and patience, kindness in the Holy Spirit. So, of course, a true minister of God has the true Holy Spirit of God, not a, the false one. Uh, in 1 John 4, verse 1, it, it tells you plainly that there are different types of spirits. And people get so caught up today, especially in the Pentecostal uh, churches uh, with miracles and and uh, speaking tongues and emotions, and those aren't the weightier matters of the law, ladies and gentlemen. The weightier matters of the law is found in Matthew 23, verse 23, is faith. The Hebrew sense of the word faith is immuna, and it means adherence of the truth, taking hold to the truth or true standards. And then mercy, caring about people, caring about all people, Mercy and justice, which simply means choosing the right way and doing the right thing. That's what my ministry is about, and that's what each and every true ministry should be about. I'm not saying that miracles and speaking tongues, if you truly have that gift of speaking tongues, which is simply uh, speaking a different language that you have not learned and gone to school uh, to learn miraculously, and a person, of course, that understands the languages or the language you're speaking, or languages you're speaking, here's it. That is the clear definition of speaking in tongues. And Messiah never spoke gibberish. And he taught us how to pray. It's in Matthew chapter 6. It's pretty plain. He never told us to pray in a language that we did not understand. And that is the Bible definition of how to pray privately. And I'm going to preach that, and if people get upset about that, that's too bad, because in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Paul plainly stated, plainly stated that he followed Messiah. And so if he followed Messiah, then he also prayed like Yeshua taught us how to pray. And let me get back to, and I, in the future, I'm doing some studies on this, because this, this speaking tongue gibberish is one of the most deceptive doctrines that the devil has come up with and i'm gonna i'm doing some extensive study and i will do a study on this to refute it once and for all using the bible 
and to teach the correct usage of speaking in tongues. I believe that the gift does exist in some capacity somewhere around the world, all right? And I believe some people actually have the gift. But what I am against is not understanding what that gift is and, and how to use it. So anyway, uh, in Second Corinthians 6, verse 6, by innocence and purity. And so a true minister of God should be uh, innocent and pure. He should preach purity. And that's what I do. I teach purity and I get persecuted for that. Knowledge and spiritual insight, long-suffering and patience. And, and, and the true minister is patient. Uh, kindness in the Holy Spirit and unfeigned love. Verse 7, by speaking the word of truth. That's what true ministers do. They speak the word of truth. What is truth? Simple definition. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible, and it explains to you and reveals to you what truth is. And in particular, in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 142 tells you that all of his instructions, which is uh, or his way of life, which is uh, translated Torah, Hebrew, and in the King James Version is translated law, and other translations is translated law as well. All of his instructions is the truth. And then Psalm 119, 151 tells you that the truth also is all his commandments. And so if First John 5, verse 6 tells you that the spirit is true, then the spirit will consist of keeping all his commandments and that spirit will lead you into all truth as John 16 verse 13 states and you will be motivated and you would have the desire to want to keep all his commandments and that includes the commandments that most people in Christianity don't want to keep the Sabbath these these commandments most of Christianity doesn't want to keep they don't want to keep the Sabbath they don't want to keep the Moedim which are his feast days and then also they don't want to keep the clean and unclean meats instructions. And then the the significant thing about these commandments I just mentioned is that these commandments certainly play a major role in purifying you and setting you apart from the world. All right. And God commands us to when we practice pure worship or pure religion, the word religion is translated worship in the Greek and James one verse twenty seven, we have to do two things. And if you don't, then you're not worshiping him in a pure way. First thing, of course, you should care about people, give to the poor, uh, be merciful to people, take care of the fathers and widows. So that is certainly uh, symbolic of caring about people who are in need. Yes, but is that all? No. You also have to keep yourself unspotted from the world. So you have to do both. You have to do both to be considered a pure worshiper in God's eyes, ladies and gentlemen. And I've tried to explain this to people, and unfortunately, a good portion just don't get it. But I, I, I'm going to pray to God that you do. So anyway, in, in verse 7 of Second Corinthians chapter 6, by speaking the word of truth and the power of God. And so when ministers speak the word of truth, they have the power in God in them to do so. With the weapons of righteousness, the weapons of righteousness is simply talking about his mitzvah, his commandments. Psalm 119, 172 describes that. Uh, righteousness is all of his commandments For the right hand to attack And for the left hand to defend In verse 8 of Second Corinthians 6 Amid honor and dishonor Yes, I'm honored and I'm certainly dishonored And defaming an evil report I have evil reports of me That is not true Just like they did with Messiah And Messiah said if they persecuted me They will persecute you 
And in praise and good reports, sometimes I have good report as well. We are branded as deceivers. Yes, I've been branded as a deceiver and imposter, all because I'm speaking against the unbiblical use of speaking gibberish. Um, And some people think I'm deceiving or I'm not worth their time or whatever because I'm teaching correctly out of the Bible that you shouldn't speak gibberish. Um, And deceivers and, and yet vindicated as truthful and honest. And yes, I am vindicated through the scriptures that I'm truthful and honest. Verse 9, we are treated as unknown and ignored. Yes, I'm unknown and ignored by the world. And yet we are well-known and recognized by God and his people. Yes, the true people of God, the true people of God that actually listen to what I'm saying and know that it's coming from the word of God. They recognize me as dying, and yet here we are alive, chastened by suffering and yet not killed, as grieved and mourning, yet we are always rejoicing. Yes, I am. I mean, I I rejoice through my suffering. I, I suffer a lot, but I know in the end things will be okay. As poor, yes, I'm not rich, <laughs> and I'm not, I guess, compared to the average person. I I, I don't make as much money I was as I would like, but I, I'm thinking that's changing now. But I'm still poor in spirit. Even if my financial status changes, I'm still going to be poor in spirit. Bestowing riches on many, and I'm certainly not bestowing physical riches here, as having nothing, and yet, in reality, possessing all things. And so, in reality, I do possess all things. When I look at the spiritual realm, yes, as long as I obey God, I'm a citizen of the kingdom, and so are you. And so are you. So that tells you in a nutshell what I go through and I'm asking that you pray for me and if you have it in your heart to support this work please do so by calling this number 1-800-941-8011 that's 1-800-941-8011 this number is not just to call me to get instruction on how to give to the ministry if you don't want to give online but also it's a, a number for you to tell us what your issues are so that we can pray for you. Uh, what I do, I, I do uh, have a healing ministry and I do send cloths that I touch uh, in the hope that when you touch the cloth, you be healed. I try to follow the example that, that Paul did. He did that as well. He gave people handkerchiefs um, because uh, he could not be there personally. And I do that as well. So if you want, us to pray for you for healing, you want to receive an anointing cloth, uh, please uh, give us a call there. And uh, if you have it in your heart to give, please give us a call. Uh, And we can give you instructions or walk you through how you can give us. But if you don't need those instructions, and if you would love to give uh, right now, then simply go to mercifulservantsofgod.com, mercifulservantsofgod.com, and click the yellow donate button mercifulservantsofgod.com and just simply click the yellow donate button. Now, uh, for those who have issues with, um, let me go to the website here real quick. I forget it myself sometimes. Uh, For those who have issues with actually um, giving online, and I I understand that, um, you can give to this address. Let me find the address here. So my... um, Facebook page for Merciful Servants of God. And click on Give to Merciful Servants of God here. And 
see if I can find it here. Okay. Okay, I don't know why it's not popping up here. So, see if I can find it here. Merciful servants of God. Okay, here we go. The address to give to the Merciful Servants of God ministry. And please make the check out to Kennard Brown. Send it to the following address. Kennard Brown, 6539 Harrison Avenue, Suite 1091, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45247. That's Kennard Brown, 6539 Harrison Avenue, Suite 1091, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45247. Again, Kennard Brown, 6539 Harrison Avenue, Suite 1091, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45247. All right, so let's get into the Bible study about what love is. So is love only about feeling good and having emotions? Uh, just like the Pentecostal movement or the Protestant movement, they jump up and down, do somersaults in the air, and go blah, 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 and they get all emotional and cry and all. Is that, is that what love really is all about? Or is love just giving to the poor and helping the needy, or does it involve much more? Well, ahava, which means love in Hebrew, is a feminine noun meaning love. The word often signifies a powerful, intimate love between a man and a woman, love between friends, God's love for his people. Frequently, it is associated with forming a covenant or an agreement, which is very significant, which enjoins loyalty. So let's go to Deuteronomy 7, verse 8, to understand that. Deuteronomy 7, verse 8. Deuteronomy 7, verse 8. But because the master loved you... And because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers as the master brought you out with a mighty hand. So that's interesting that it involves covenant. It involves covenant. In verse 9, know therefore that the master thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him. With them that love him, he keepeth mercy and covenant. And keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And see, that that's very important to understand that. So let me repeat that again in verse 9. Know therefore that the master, that Yodevahe, he is Yodevahe, the faithful Yodevahe, which keep of covenants and mercy with them that love him. And so if you want him to keep his covenant towards you and be merciful to you, you must keep his commandments. Not some of them, all of them. And that is an issue that even the Yeshua Torah movement um, has a problem with. I know in the Worldwide Churches of God, Splinter Churches, uh, they understand and have been taught correctly that the Sabbath is very important and you must keep that. That's a sign that you are a believer. But other people struggle with that. They struggle with that concept. They act like the Sabbath is the the least 
commandment to keep, but it does have something to do with faith, inuna, upholding to true principles. Uh, the Sabbath certainly has something to do with the weightier matters of Torah or his instructions. And so it should be kept. It keeps you set apart from the world when you keep it. Uh, the Sabbath commandment is the commandment to assemble. You assemble. And then what do you do? Well, well, um, Yeshua, what did he do? See, we have to follow his example. And in Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, what does it say? It says, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was. So if this was his custom, 1 John 2, verse 6 says, we should walk according to his example. Then we must copy his custom too. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on a Shabbat day and stood up to read. Okay, so this is what he did in verse 15. And he taught in their synagogue being glorified of all. So he taught on Shabbat. And I'm sure he taught on other days in their synagogues when he went to Shabbat as well. But the master, he kept the Sabbath, and he kept the Sabbath, and we should keep it. In John 15, verse 10, he states plainly that he kept his father's commandments, and he continues to keep his father's commandments. And so, which you are loyal to him if you do that. So, let's go further detail about what love is here and Romans 13 verse 10 here's the plain if you're wondering if you want a plain definition of what love here it's right here folks and Romans 13 verse 10 you don't have to get a book and find out I mean it's right in the Bible Romans 13 verse 10 I have a or love works no ill to his neighbor Cohen therefore love is the fulfilling of the Torah or the instructions and so that is a very clear definition of what love is and it has something to do and, and people that resist keeping the Sabbath and the Holy Day they want to get away from scriptures like this and fulfilling plainly means to make full it completes it completes there's a there's a Hebraic translation here that yeah in Romans 13 verse 10 in the scriptures version which is kind of like the King James version but put into a more Hebrew way so you can get a deeper understanding of the Bible. It states here in Romans 13, verse 10, love does no evil to a neighbor. Therefore, love is completion of Torah. And then in, in Galatians 5, verse 14, it states, for the entire Torah is completed in one word. In this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, people that will deceive you about saying that you don't have to keep the Sabbath and holy day, so that's all you have to do is love your neighbor. Well, how do we how do we love our neighbor? How do we love our neighbor? Just just buy him a meal and, and give it to him. That's that's how we love our neighbor. I mean, no, the, the entire Bible shows us how we love our neighbor, and it's a lot more than just feeding your 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 fellow human being. Uh, love involves a lot more than that. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's what all the commandment keeping points to. But on how to do it the entire Bible shows you how to love your neighbors yourself. So you cannot get away with keeping all the other instructions and people that are deceivers, they go around and some don't know what they're doing and some do. They say, well, that's all you got to do is love. And that's all you need to do. You don't have to keep Sabbath. But love, if love is the completion of Torah and it's a part of Torah, 
then what's a part of Torah? Well, keeping the Sabbath, keeping the feast days is a part of Torah. And so you're not really loving him if you don't want to keep even one single of the command. If you're against any of the commandments, this is what James says here. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. He states, um, here we go. I'm going to read this in the scriptures version, James 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, uh, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of Elohim. Therefore, put away all filthiness and overflow of evil and receive with meekness in planet word. And I tell you, my experience, there's quite a few people that don't receive uh, the word of God with meekness of being humble, which is able to save your lives. Yes, the word of God will be able to save your lives. Okay, it does have something to do with salvation. Verse 22, and become doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. So it's not just to hear it, you got to do it. Verse 23, because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and immediately forgets what he is like. But he that looks into the perfect Torah, that of freedom, and continues in it, not becoming a hearer, that forgets but a doer of work, this one shall be blessed in his doing of the Torah or the instructions of the law. All right. And so that this is something that we need to remember that we must keep um, the Torah. And I'm trying to find a scripture where it tells us that we have to keep the whole Torah. I mean, we have to keep all of his commandments. And if we don't do that, then he's not pleased. I'm trying to find that scripture here where it talks about whole. I'll find it here in a minute. Uh, I think it's in James. In James. Ooh, there's a lot of scriptures with hold in here. Uh, James. James. Uh, yeah, James 2, verse 10. says right here. I'm going to read this in the King James Version. James 2, verse 8. If you fulfill the royal or complete the royal, let me, actually, I'll read this in the scriptures version for clarity's sake here. If you truly accomplish the sovereign law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and you do well. Now, the interesting thing is that love your neighbor as yourself is one of the commandments. It is included in Leviticus 19, which the, the, the first couple of, the second verse says you should keep, you should honor your parents and keep the Sabbath. Okay? And so in the the context of keeping the Sabbath, you find love your neighbor as you love yourself, which I find very interesting. And that's in Leviticus 19.18. And so you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin, favoring one person over the other, being found guilty by the Torah as transgressors. For whoever shall guard all the Torah and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty of all. He's guilty of all. So we, we have to have the desire to want to keep all the commandments, not just some of them. Uh, James 2 verse 11, for he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you will become a transgressor of the Torah. And verse 12, so speak, so speak and so do as those who are to be judged by Torah of freedom. You're free. The Torah is called the Torah of freedom because if you keep Torah to the best of your ability, you'll be free from the curses of the Torah. That's what it's talking about. You're free from damnation. You're free from eternal death. That's what it's talking about. 
And then in verse 13, it says, for the judgment is without compassion to the one who has shown no compassion, and compassion boasts over judgment. And so then, then James talks about that faith must have works, and those works are, are is, is loving your neighbor, and that's the summary of it, but the detail of it is, is, is contained in the book that we call the Bible. It shows us how to love. And so you can't erase keeping the commandments, and that's what people in their hearts, a lot of people in this world, they want to do. They don't want to keep the commandments. They want to make excuses uh, on why they should not keep all the commandments. And that, that's, that's the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems in, in, in Christianity today. Okay, so now let's get get to some other biblical definitions here. Um, I just I'll just say this again: fulfilling in the Greek means to complete or to perform. So love is completing or performing the Torah or the law. The law, the Scripture is referring to, is the law and teachings of God, the Torah. For this is the love of God. So if we want to find out what the love of God again, we go to the Bible. We don't have to listen to some man that doesn't know what he's talking about. You go to the Bible. 1 John 5, verse 3, in the King James Version. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. That's what the love of God is all about, keeping his commandments. And that means all of his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. I just proved that we have to keep all his commandments by quoting uh, the scripture in, in James. James, chapter 2, starting in verse uh, 10. All right, so you don't even know God properly if you don't have the desire to keep all his commandments. 1 John 2, verse 3 to 6, and, you know, I, I'm struggling lately with people that think it's okay to listen to somebody who doesn't strive to keep all of his commandments, in particular the Sabbath, uh, and, and they think, I guess they think I'm a deceiver because um, I'm preaching correctly that God is against that. Um, well, that's just too bad, but that's what the word says. 1 John 2, verse 3 to 6, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments, all of his commandments. He that says, I know him and keep of not his commandments is a liar. And so those people that are keeping some of the commandments don't really know him. They don't know him in a complete way like those who do keep his commandments because his commandments, they tell you of his character and how he thinks. And so if you only keep some of them, you're not going to know him completely. He that says, I know him and keep of not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. I already told you what truth is. Truth is keeping his commandments and that spirit is consistent. It, it consists of all the truth, not just some of it. Somebody that has the true spirit of God is a Sabbath keeping, feast keeping uh, individual and they don't eat unclean meats and they keep all the other commandments. That is someone that has the true spirit of God in them. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. But whosoever keep of his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. And so if you're not keeping the Sabbath like he did, if you're not doing the other things that he did, I'm talking about things uh, that has something to do with his Torah, then you don't know him like you should and you're really not qualified to teach someone his word we must live by all of his words in matthew 4 verse 4 it says all his words not some of them 
And people just don't understand that, and they struggle with it because they don't—they resist the truth of the Bible and what it says. And and in Matthew four verse four, he said, "You must live by every word of God." If you turn to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, and I may go over a little bit slightly here, um, which means if I do, then you can listen to the entirety of this program in the archives. But this is important that I bring this out. In Deuteronomy eight verse one, it says, "Guard or." Actually, I like the King James Version better. It's a lot clearer. It's not just guarding, but you have to obey the commandments as well. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do. That includes the Sabbath and the holy days and the clean and unclean meat instructions. That you may live. And so we won't live if we don't have the desire to keep all the commandments. So it's plain and simple as that. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the master swore unto your fathers. Verse 2. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove to thee to know what was in thy heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And that's talking about all his commandments. When you say keep, when you see that phrase, keep commandments, that means keep all of his commandments, not just some of them. Verse three, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to, to hunger and fed thee with manna, which you knew not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the master. And so if you resist keeping the Sabbath or any, any one of his commandments, you have to question whether or not you have God's spirit in you. Because God's spirit, his true spirit is going to motivate you to keep all of his commandments, not some of them. Not some of them. And Ezekiel 36 says this. Ezekiel 36, verse 27. When he puts his true spirit in you, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. Uh, keeping the Sabbath is one of his statutes. If someone does not want to keep uh, the Sabbath and keep Sunday or some other day, then how in the world can you say they have his spirit? They don't. If they continue to resist it. Because I'm telling you, the spirit can't exist in a temple or a body that has made a decision not to want to keep the Sabbath or any other commandment. And so you show that you love God by keeping his commandments. Uh, in John 14, verse 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And you might as well understand that as meaning all of his commandments. And some people say, well, that Yeshua got different commandments from his father. No, he does not. He's, he stated in John 10, verse 30, him and his father is one, and that he's kept his father's commandments. And so that's what that means. He doesn't have a different set of commandments than what his father told him. Uh, in Galatians 5, verse 14, I already quoted that to you. But let's go to John 15, verse 13 and 14. No one has greater love, no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. That's true. You are my friends. But see, what's the definition of friends? Some people read that. So that's all I got to do is lay my life down and, I, you know, and I'll make it. No. He says, you are my friend. If you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. And what did he command us to do? If you love me, keep my commandments, which are his father's commandments. All right. And then uh, John 15 is a very significant passage of scripture here. Let me do some more studies on here. It says right here. Um let me restart in, in John 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So here we go again. 
love has something to do with obedience. If you don't obey him, you don't love him. And quite frankly, you don't love other people. All right. Uh, John 15, verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and your joy may be full. So if you don't properly love somebody by keeping the commandments, you're not going to, you're not going to be happy. You think you're going to, you, you think you're happy, but you're going to feel something that's missing. If you want to be totally honest with yourself. In verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another, even as I have loved you. So just as Yeshua showed all throughout the gospels how to love, we ought to emulate what he showed us. All right. In verse 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Okay. Who are his friends? John 15, verse 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And you are not his friends if you are friends with people of the world, if you attach yourself with elements of the world, which keeping Sunday is one of those elements. If you do your history, uh, the Catholic Church changed that observance of the Sabbath, said Christians must not Judaize. Not, you might as well say Christians not, must not obey, because in the scriptures, it, it tells us that we must keep the Sabbath. And so... Uh, that ruling was made in the fourth century and has been that way ever since in Christianity. And most uh, congregations of Christianity, uh, they don't keep the Sabbath. That's so that's outside of God. Uh, that, that does not, that keeping Sunday, you are officially in the world. If you don't keep Sunday, you are out of the world. You're set apart from the world because most people in the world don't keep the Sabbath. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. John 15, verse 15. Henceforth, I'll call you not servants, for the servant knows what his Lord does. But I have called you friends for all things, all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth. And ordain here means uh, to set the foot in place. All right. Uh, that you should go and forth bring fruit and that your fruit should remain that whosoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. So I'm, I'm hoping that you're getting a clear picture of what love is really about, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about speaking tongues and jumping up and down or having your body twerk back and forth uncontrollably. That's not what love's about. Uh, when you have the true spirit of God, it's the spirit of a sound mind. Uh, in Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. And that Greek word means discipline. You're not disciplined if you lose control of your tongue and your body. That's not being disciplined. Uh, you don't have God's spirit. You can fight me all you want about it. You're going to lose because God's word always trumps our words. So, in Matthew 5, verse 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those cursing you, do good to those hating you, and pray for those who insult you and persecute you. And so there's like 33 seconds left. I'm going to go off the air, but the rest of this show will be in the archives, and you can listen to the entirety of it. I'm probably only going to talk about five or ten more minutes. And so I'm estimating that the show will be available to you probably uh, by two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. All right, so 
I also will provide a link to those on my Merciful Servants of God group on Facebook. Shalom. All right, so I'm going to continue on with uh, the show here uh, to summarize what I'm talking about. And so basically here in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 8, it says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become as a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. All right, so that's something to understand there about um, love is speak many different languages of men and, 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 and of messengers of angels. And he's talking sarcastically here. He, he never did say that he spoke uh, the language of angels. People, they twist the scriptures and put their own thoughts into it using a faulty interpreta- Bible interpretation technique called eisegesis. And they assume that if Paul said that if I speak, if, that means he actually done it, you know, and he, even though he did say that he speaks tongues, people assuming that he spoke angel tongues, and that's not what he's implying here. If I speak with the tongues of men and of, of, of messengers, but do not have love, ahava, right? If, if, in other words, if he doesn't keep all the commandments, I become as a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophecy and know all secrets and all knowledge, and if I have all belief as to move remove mountains, but do not have ahava, or if I don't keep all the commandments, I am none at all. If I give out all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, but do not have love, in other words, if I don't have a desire to keep all the commandments, I am not profited at all. Keeping all the commandments is patient, is kind. That's what love means. Keeping all the commandments is not envy. Keeping all the commandments is not boast, is not puffed up, does not behave indecently does not seek his own, is not provoked, reckons not the evil, does not rejoice over the unrighteous, but rejoices in the truth, in the truth, because truth is keeping all the commandments. It covers all, believes all, expects all, endures all. Love, keeping all the commandments, never fails. And whether there be prophecies, they shall be inactive, or languages, they shall cease, or knowledge, it shall be inactive. And then in Second John 1, verse 6, it says, and and what this love or keeping the commandments is consists, keeping all the commandments consists in is this, that we live and walk in accordance and, and be guided by his commandments. Here we go again. His orders, ordinances, precepts, and teachings. This is the commandment as you have heard from the beginning that you continue to walk in love, guided by it and, and following. So, again, it is such a plain definition of what love is in, in the Bible. And please understand that love also involves correction. And this is the, the part that people don't like about love. They don't, they don't want to be corrected. Believe me, as a, as a true minister of God, you find it out pretty quickly. Proverbs 3, verse 12, it says, Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and attitude. This is in Proverbs 3, verse 12. Oh, actually, Revelation 3, verse 19. Let me read it again. This is in the Amplified Version. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and attitude. Revelation 3, verse 19. And also you have Proverbs here. Let me turn to Proverbs 3, verse 12. Proverbs 3, verse 12. 
says, for whom the Lord loveth, he corrects, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. All right. So that's what love is also about, ladies and gentlemen. It's not not just about feeling good and going around and speaking tongues and speaking gibberish and 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 going around just your body losing control. That's not that's not love at all. Uh, the correction can be paid. And it states here in Hebrews 12, verse 5 to 11. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. And you have, and have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord corrects and disciplines every one whom he loves. He punishes, even scourges every he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. That's important to understand. He even cruelly, I mean, not cruelly, what am I talking about? He doesn't do anything cruelly. But he, uh, when I, I guess what I was trying to say, he can punish you severely. And he does that because he loves us and he loves me. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom the father, who his father does not train and correct and discipline? And so, in other words, that's what a father should be doing. Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offspring, and the King James Version says bastards, and not true sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? And so if we don't get corrected, we're not going to live. That's what he's saying. For our earthly fathers discipline us for only a short period of time and chastise us or chasten us as seemed proper and good to them. But he disciplines us for a certain good that we may become sharers in his own holiness. For the time being, no discipline, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, a harvest of fruit, which consists in righteousness and conformity to God's will and purpose, thought and action, resulting in right living and right standing with Yodevai, which is justice. Correction is good for us because it helps us become better human beings. And correction is certainly a part of love. And I don't hear that preached by too many people. They just preach this. Soupy love, you know, Proverbs 6, verse 20, for the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Or oh, that's Torah. So the commandment is a lamp. The command, think of the commandments as it shows us where to go. And the Torah is the light. It also shows us where to go. And reproofs of corrections of instruction are the way of life. That's the way of life. Your way of life is going to involve corrections, many corrections. If you don't think so, then you need to study the Bible. And the last scripture here, it says, let the righteous man smite and correct me. It is a kindness. Oil, so choice, let not my head refuse or discourage, for even in their evil's calamity shall my prayer continue. And so that's in Psalm 141, verse 5. So I really hope that you understand what love really is, ladies and gentlemen. Love is all of his instructions. It's the entire Bible, living the way of life of the Bible. Love is certainly God. God is love too, but what is God? What is his character? His character is 
all of his instructions. That is his character. And he wants us to copy his character. And Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, you ought to imitate Yodhe or God. So I hope that you understand what love really is. It's not stupid. It's not emotional, over-emotional, even though it does have something to do with those things. It's not uh, speaking gibberish, a language that no one understands but yourself. Um, so you're just benefiting yourself. The gifts of God is for the, for the assembly, not just for yourself. So, and it's not losing control of your tongue and, and losing control of your body. True love is what the Bible describes it is. It is keeping all his commandments toward your fellow human being and neighbor, which includes loving your neighbor yourself, which keeping all the commandments will result in. May Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.